Welcome to Soulful, the podcast. I'm your host, Layla Steed, psychic medium healer and mentor for women that are ready to embrace their soul-aligned life. This is a powerful destination for women that are seeking that irresistible invitation to lead a more meaningful, purposeful and self-ignited life. This is a free conscious education tool if you are seeking greater self-connection and that familiar frequency of that feminine connection, then you are in the right place. I thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Good morning and welcome to Soulful, the podcast. Today's episode is called Pregnancy, Conception and Living a Soulful Life with my beautiful guest, Kate Cattle. She is a conception and pregnancy coach and she is absolutely incredible at what she does. She has an incredible success rate with working with women that are struggling with their fertility. She's also the host of the Awakened Pregnancy podcast. And I decided to get her in today because many of my clients are going and growing through this. And it is something that is a bit of a touchy subject for everyone. And I thought, why not get the incredible woman herself to come and talk about it? So let's dive in. Hi, Kate. Thanks so much for joining me today to talk about all of this. I'm really excited to have you on. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It's been like the longest time since I've recorded a podcast episode and I'm just so excited to chat. I'm sure all of the women are waiting because you're actually the host of the beautiful Awakened Pregnancy podcast. Did you want to go into a little bit of detail about that? Yeah, for sure. So I, yes, I am the host of the Awakened Pregnancy podcast and we have uh, just a bit over 80 episodes on there now. Uh, and the reason I started the podcast was because I like talking and <laughs> I like it when people Same. listen to what I have to say. No, I'm being silly, but that's true. I do I do find the best way for me to communicate is with my voice. And if anyone is uh, mm-hmm interested in human design. I am a manifester. My throat is an activated center uh, in human design. It's essentially my motor is my throat. So I lovingly <laughs> refer to myself as a motor mouth. And I just, I enjoy sharing in that medium. And so I had been working in this space as a conception and pregnancy coach and on my own journey of conception for a very long time before I actually decided to do the podcast. And I've yeah. always loved sharing in that way because it just, it feels so beautiful to be able to communicate the essence, you know, I think a lot can be missed um, in other ways of communication. And so, you know, on the podcast, I share and have shared in the past a lot about mindset and how to support yourself through the ups and downs of everything from conception, pregnancy and motherhood. And I also have got a beautiful array of incredible guests on there where we've spoken about everything from nutrition to like energy healing, which obviously in this space, that's Mm going to be super, super (laughs) relevant and loved by your community. Uh, But yeah, we we really touch on all of the different areas that come into, uh, you know, bringing a little soul into the world in an intentional way. Yeah, beautiful. Now, the reason why I wanted to have you on and and we had a discussion about this at the end of your beautiful reading that we did the other day was because so many women come to me and they've got fertility problems and they're really struggling with it and it's something that I, yes, I can hold space and and let them know, you know, yes, I can feel a soul and, yes, I can feel that this is going to be beneficial to your conception journey, but I'm really not a specialist in in that field and I haven't travelled it myself and I'm so big on that, you know, you should speak on things when you have an extreme resonance with that person person I just feel like it's so much more powerful and so it's okay for me to go and say to people you know this is what I feel and this is what I can pick up and that's great but 
when I haven't walked in their shoes, I'm just very conscious of being very mindful and, and really empathetic to their situation. So I would love to hear a little bit because I do know a little bit personally about your story, but I know that so many women are going to want to hear how your beautiful little, is it three-year-old son now? He's he's actually, he's going to be five in April, so he's oh four and gosh. a bit. I oh know. Wow. Well, I know. Wow. I'm sure that people would love to know like a little bit about your journey and how he came to be. Absolutely. Yes. So he definitely is a little miracle child. And it's interesting how much more I feel that as he gets older and, you know, deeper into having the experience of trying to conceive a second time, I realize every day how much more of a miracle he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I guess, you know, our, our conception story goes like quite literally 10 years back and it started with me discovering that I had severe endometriosis and I know for so many women they're going to relate to that and so it was we had gotten engaged my now husband and I we had gotten engaged and two weeks later I woke up and I was in this excruciating pain something I had never ever like even come close to feeling this level of pain before it was in my abdomen and It really shocked me, obviously. I was like, what is happening right now? I couldn't walk. And it was a Sunday morning. I woke Michael up. He's a terrible morning person. And he was like, what is, what's wrong? Like, leave me alone. I was like, no, like, actually, there's like a problem here. Like, I need you to wake up. (laughs) And so he carried me out to the car and we went to the hospital and it was just like, it was quite the circus, to be honest, that day. And I, you know, I guess I, I like to share this part of my story because for many women, it is a bit of a circus discovering what is going on. You know, if you have something yeah. uh, reproductively, it can be quite the shit show to actually work out what the, the challenge is. And so that whole day was, it was testing and like, Honestly, there are a lot of issues that I won't go into with the way that that unfolded. But eventually I was told when I was under the care of a wonderful doctor that I had severe endometriosis and the pain I was experiencing was because I had a cyst that was rupturing on my left ovary. And so the pain was the rupture. Wow. Uh, And they said, you know, by that time it was, it was like six or seven o'clock in the evening. And they said, we're actually going to be doing emergency surgery in the morning because there is a risk of torsion, which is where the cyst can, this is my non-medical explanation, but the cyst can kind of rotate and take the uterus with it. It's life-threatening. It's really serious. Yeah. And so, and it it was a 10 centimeter cyst. So it's massive, right? Like if you think about how big that is, it's huge. And did you not like, sorry to interrupt, but did you not feel any pain prior to that? I had felt pain. Right. That was that I had put down as normal period pain. Right. Because, right. you know, we, we, and this is 10 years ago, right? I think there is, there's a lot of room to grow in this area with us understanding our cycles and, exactly, you know, yeah. as young women, but we have come a long way already and, you know, there is more there. Uh, but yeah, I just thought what I experienced was normal period pain and it was usually associated with my period that I would get pain. Uh, I would also get, like I'm, I'm celiac as well and I would get gut pain and it can be quite hard to differentiate between like intestinal gut pain and like endometriosis associated pain. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there was like that kind of intertwined thing that I really had just dismissed it to be honest. And then once mm-hmm. I knew this, it made a lot of sense to me. And after the surgery, a lot of that pain went away and I was like, oh, okay, now this is all making a lot more sense. So 
I went onto the pill because that's what the doctor told me to do. And to be honest, I just wanted to plan my wedding and kind of like forget about this and deal with this later. <laughs> I was yeah, in a yeah. very different place back then. Yeah. And so I went onto the pill. We planned the wedding. We had a beautiful wedding. And then after that, we decided, okay, well, you know, this might be a tricky experience for us. I was only 24 um, yeah. when we got married. And we were sort of like, well, let's start trying and just kind of see what happens. And we ended up trying to get pregnant for uh, five years and that included obviously, you know, trying to get pregnant naturally for many years. I had a couple of laparoscopies to help with the endometriosis mm-hmm. uh, and we also did a few rounds of IVF too. So we did an egg collection where we got two viable uh, embryos. We transferred one and I conceived and miscarried on the first one very early Um, and then the second one we transferred, we did a frozen cycle and that one didn't take. And by this point I actually had adrenal fatigue and I was just wiped. Like my body was like packing up. It was like, no way this, like, she's kidding if she thinks we can keep doing this. And it was sort of, I feel like around that time that I really started to go a little bit deeper into, okay, you know, I've, I've got to navigate this a little bit differently. Like this isn't working. This isn't sustainable. And, you know, I think with anyone navigating conception, we all go into it with this kind of approach that it's like a sprint, right? Like, (laughs) you know, it's like, I'm just, I'm going to get pregnant and I'll get pregnant soon. And, you know, I'll do the things I need to do. And then once I'm pregnant, like I'll make the shift. But for a select few of us, and it's more and more every day, it actually gets to a point where you can't approach it with that sprint mentality of like just doing what you have to do and just pushing through because that isn't sustainable long-term. And so if conception becomes a marathon like it was for us, you really have to change tactics because you will burn out. I've had adrenal fatigue twice. I I didn't learn the first time, so I got it another time. (laughs) And now I know. (laughs) Yeah. Now I don't need to revisit that. Exactly. Now I know that when my body like wants to have a rest, it's probably a good idea to listen. Um, And so, yeah, I guess, you know, the, the thing with our story is that for me, I really had to learn to unwind a lot of the behaviors that I had developed that were coping mechanisms for me. So I was um, absolutely a perfectionist, a people pleaser, and all of that was compensating for a deeper need to love and accept myself. And so, so much of my journey to conception and becoming a mother has been about learning to love and accept myself. And it was when I started to do that, that I started to be able to let go you know, I, I was able to actually surrender. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world to be told, like, you just need to surrender. Like, yeah. when you stop trying, it will happen. Like, don't ever say that to anyone. I don't mean that strictly to you, Lynn, yeah. because I know you know that. But anyone listening, never say that because it's not actually, you can't actually tell yourself, oh, I need to stop wanting this for anything. Yeah. yeah. It's, I believe surrender is the byproduct of doing the work and what the work looks like is different for everyone, depending on where their healing is and their trauma and the wounds that they have from their past. Yeah. But I feel like surrender is something that one day you wake up and you're like, oh, I feel surrendered now. Oh, this is what it feels like. You can't just choose it. It's not conscious. Yeah. Like it's not something that you can force or, or bring on through wishing it, you know? Exactly. And so if you're trying to surrender right now and it's not happening, don't beat yourself up and think, oh my gosh, I'm not capable of it. You are. It's just, you've been fed a story that surrender is a choice and it's not, it's, it's a byproduct of behaviors. So, Mm. yeah. So eventually uh, we decided, okay, 
you know, after that second adrenal fatigue, I was like, that's it, Mike. I, I can't do, I can't keep doing fertility treatment. You know, this is too much. And thankfully my husband was really relieved and, you know, he said, I can't see you go through this anymore either. Like we need a break. And so we decided to take six months off from trying to get pregnant at all. We didn't even have any conversations about it. We were like, this focus is for us to spend some time together, to have some fun in our lives. Like we had been in, you know, that, that container for like four years, you know, we'd gotten married and then, you know, that, that was the the journey we were on was trying to get pregnant. And so we were like, let's just take six months. We're not even going to talk about it. And I literally set a timer in my phone of six months that went (laughs) off and I was like, you know, then I could be like, Oh, okay, now we can talk about it. Let's talk about what the next step is. We really gave ourselves permission to have that time off and, we went on a couple of holidays and uh, I did my yoga teacher training for the first time. And it was just like, mm. when I think back, it was a really beautiful period of me just recentering, like really recentering, yeah. coming back to myself and a lot of growth happened in that time. And then I got pregnant naturally after all of yeah. that, just um, so that was the, the final cycle we did in January was in the January and we took the six months and we conceived in July. And wow. I found out I was pregnant on the 6th of August in 2017. And it's like, yeah, I still can't believe those words come out of my mouth that we conceived Flynn naturally. And yeah, wow. Yeah, it was, it was really, really special experience and something that I never, ever thought would happen in that way. I, I always thought that, yeah, we would, there would, there would be help to get there essentially and there was along the way but yeah it's it's really special to know that you know so much of it was about his timing uh and I think there's like there's a really beautiful story around that that I I feel like I want to share because it really yeah um, yeah I feel like it really validates the timing piece of it and I'm such a firm believer that and I'm I'm sure you'll be able to echo this Layla from being able (laughs) to kind of see this through the other side Conception, we think that conception is predominantly about the timing and the life path of the mother and the father and whether that is through, you know, a a relationship or whether it's out of a relationship or even if it's the energy of a donor and a mother, for example. Um, We think that it's on our timeline or predominantly on our timeline. What I have seen over and over again in my work since 2015, I've been working with women in this space what I have seen is that it's actually predominantly the child's timeline. And we see this and it makes sense when they're born. Yeah. yeah. And their life path. And they, I don't think that they are born in any moment other than the perfect moment for their life path and what they are here to do. And so the example of this is with Flynn. So obviously we'd been trying to get pregnant for the longest time and eventually we did conceive. My brother had started dating someone like a short time before this. Um, So my brother is Nathan and his partner is Siobhan and they fell pregnant and it was a big surprise. Like Siobhan was super young. My brother was like, he always said, I don't want kids. Like it was this whole thing. (laughs) Anyway, they fell pregnant and our boys are born 16 days apart and they are the best little friends. And I have no doubt in my mind that the timing of our conception it needed to occur at the same time because those two little boys are meant to live their life side by side. And there is not a doubt in my mind. And how, like how on earth could have I have known that 
when I was 24 and my brother was yeah. 20 and Siobhan <laughs> was like in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there are so many layers to conception that are out of our control, which can feel super uncertain. But I just feel like there's so much comfort in knowing that there is a much bigger plan at play that one day we will see, but in yeah. the moment we can't. Yeah, and it's something that, you know, I see this quite a lot, you know, in, in readings. Women, they quite often will book a reading and they want to come to me and they want me to say, you know, this baby's coming and this is how you get your baby. And, you know, I can absolutely give some of that information required, but at, at ultimately, you know, it like you said, like it happens on the baby's timeline. So it, it is something that I, you know, I deal with all the time, but because I don't have that, that understanding and I haven't walked in those shoes like I just I just knew I was like Kate's going to bring mm. so much more to this than I ever could and hopefully that they can listen and they can come over and find you and I know that you're taking some time at the moment but hopefully you know that they can at least get the resource from the Awaken Pregnancy podcast and and go and find what they need to find because I do feel like you know getting the knowledge from someone that has walked in your shoes is so much more powerful than a woman sitting back going this is what you need to do even though I've never been in that in that way but I do often yeah. say to women you know that we can wish for something all we want but it, it unfortunately is going to occur when it should and mm. you know when, when it's going to unfold and, and the whole thing I think with that is you know we have a choice whether those types of statements feel disempowering or empowering right so the disempowered right. Re- like way to receive that is it's, I can't do anything about this. My baby's going to come when they want to come. And so now I have to suffer until that moment because I want yeah. this so badly. The empowered version of that is I'm going to be available for conception to occur at the perfect moment. And the way that I'm going to do that is to live my life in alignment. And yes. so, you know, that's where we feel empowered in this because like the way that the media and even the fertility industry, even if you're not ever going to need fertility treatment, we're so conditioned that if it's hard to get pregnant and I say that very loosely like hard to get pregnant that's right yeah then it's hard and we're victims and we're suffering and yes it is hard but we don't have to feel like victims we don't have to feel like suffering we like we're suffering we don't have to feel like we're missing out on life and everything is on hold and I know this because I've done it myself over and over and I've helped so many women do this, you get to actually feel amazing through this. Like your role in conception is to feel as good as you can feel. Like that Mm. is it. That is our role. And it's like if you look at that with like a positive lens over it, it's like that's awesome. Like that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, um, you know, and something that I often say to women as well is from my very unexperienced viewpoint is that it's not a medical experience, it's a spiritual experience. And I think, you know, if women, they struggle to get pregnant and then straight away they go, I'm going to go down the medical route. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get this help. I'm going to get these drugs. I'm going to get this, you know, ovary and egg and whatever. I'm going to do all the things and I'm going to have it treat they treat it like a medical experience and I'm like no 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 you're viewing it completely wrong like it's a it's a spiritual experience and it's an invitation for you to get which I think is the whole you know point of your awakened pregnancy podcast is viewing it from that spiritual viewpoint you know and Mm. and and as an invitation to go deeper within yourself and 
And yes, it is medical for some women and it is, and, and that's how they view it, but you still have to go on a spiritual journey and able to make that medical be, you know, fruitful. You still Absolutely. have to go on a spiritual journey for that to work for you. And like, we're talking about the miracle of life here. This is the right. miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can, we can understand it with science as much as we want. And like, I see it with my clients, they have textbook perfect cycles as far as hormones, you know, triple A quality egg transfers, like every box is ticked, but they don't get pregnant. Yeah. And it's like, that is because ultimately the biggest part of this is something way beyond what we can understand or touch or try to make tangible or try to control. And that is why so many women struggle with this because it's usually the first time in our lives where there is like quite literally nothing that we can do that will like guarantee an outcome. That's right. There's nothing that can guarantee it. And so we, we can feel really unsafe in that uncertainty, but you know, so much of what I teach is helping you to feel safe in that and helping you find where the certainty is. And that's with ourselves and with that connection to self and with our connection to source or God or, you know, whatever that looks like for you. That's where we feel safe and held. It's not with a doctor who, you know, and they have their place. They absolutely have their place. And I have so many clients who would have never been able to conceive if they didn't have that support. It has its place, but you can't bypass this. And if you try, it will show up somewhere else in life. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, I always tread very gently when I say that to a client, you know, it isn't going to be a medical experience. You need to view it in a different way. You need to view it as a spiritual experience and mm-hmm. you need to see how you can sink deeper into self. And I'm saying that with so much love and so much, you know, compassion and understanding, but as a woman that hasn't walked that path. So I'm just so grateful that you had time to come on today to talk about it because, it's something that I I know the power of resonance, you know, from from the whole community I've created is a byproduct of that. Mm. And it, it has been something that I have seen. It creates so much magic to have another woman that has walked that path before. And, you know, you've had success with that. And it all came from viewing it as a spiritual experience and realizing that that soul is going to come forward when it wants on its own timeline, on its own path, and that we mm. can do all the things and cultivate this beautiful womb space and healthy and we can drink our green juice and celery and go to the doctor and do all the right things and get the specialist and choose the great eggs and all of the rest of it. But ultimately it's going to come down to, it is the miracle of life, like you said, and it's going to come down to that soul choosing to come aside during that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the motivation behind why we do the things that we do is really important too. You know, I I don't think there's anything wrong with being honest about your desire to bring a soul into the world. I don't think that we need to feel bad about that by any stretch at all. I do think, though, we need to look at our intentions and make sure they're coming from a place of abundance. You know, am am I drinking this green juice because I know it makes me feel great? And when I feel great, I believe that that's when conception can occur. Or am I drinking it because someone told me to? You know, I I think there's a really, really big difference there. And this is this conception experience. And, you know, even if you don't get get these, you know, challenges that come up through conception and rather, you know, say that there's some challenges in pregnancy or challenges in birth, I think it really is an invitation for us to look a little bit deeper within ourselves and just check in on like, what are my motivations in life? Like, what are my values? What are my you know, what do I choose for myself based on how I behave the majority of my, of, you know, of my day? Like that tells you 
you know, what you're creating, what you value, what is important to you. And if that's not in alignment and if that doesn't feel congruent with your true soul self, then that just means there's an adjustment to occur. And it's actually kind of fun. Like I think that this can be a lot lighter than we let it be. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like women, women have, we're working on empowerment like collectively and individually right now. And this is part of it, you know, pregnancy and motherhood and birth and all of these experiences that have been taken away from us by the patriarchy, you know, they've, they've been disempowered mm. from us. We're taking Correct, them yeah. back. And so much of the programming that we have is because of what we've been told about the experience. We birth all life through our portal of our uterus. You know, this this womb space is the sacred center of the universe. And if yeah. you don't view it as that, like it's time to make a change because it is. Mm, mm. We are incredible, incredible human beings who do this wonderful, miraculous thing within our body. And even if your body hasn't done it yet, it can. And, you know, I, I, I think that this journey of motherhood really is calling us to a higher, a higher place of evolution within ourselves. And it's actually really exciting yeah 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 and Mm -hmm. like I've got my actual best friend I won't go into her private stuff but I've got a best friend in my life that's currently going through that and you know I don't know what to say a lot of the time I don't know how to react I don't know what to do in in those moments and honestly it's um it's been really challenging for me to be a a friend and a support because I want to say the best I'm someone that I, I believe words are really, really important and they're really integral to to showing up for people and I want to make sure that I'm doing a really, really good job of it and that I'm not letting her down in that way. And, you know, like it's been really hard for me to show up, you know, like and I'm mm. like, what do I say? Like how do I say it? Like what's the best way? Like what would you say to someone that is, you know, there is obviously going to be women that are travelling through that journey to motherhood listening but there's also Mm. going to be people that are friends or sisters or partners or whatever that that find this podcast like what would you say to someone that's trying to support someone through it you know like how do we what's the best way forward because I'm like you know like it's such a big thing and it's like you're standing on the outer watching stuff unfold on on someone's inner world that you don't know anything about unless you've been through it and and you're Mm. trying your best and quite often I find myself just I'm at a loss for words and I don't you know what is what would you say like is really great advice for that yeah I think I think first and foremost the fact that you have the intention to be there and support is really really beautiful and it means that obviously in this situation with you Layla that you know your friend has got a safe space in you and so for anyone listening know that that intention is you know really essential if there's, you know, if there's like a sticky beak mentality or anything like that, then you're not the person to support them. <laughs> and so don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is being honest about where you're at. And so saying, you know, I, I don't even know what your friend's name is, but I just went to say a name and I'm not going to say it in case that is no, her name. No, no. Yeah, no. She's, <laughs> that was she's, really weird. Yeah, yeah. She's very, she's very, very private. And yes. um, yeah, she, she might even get cranky at me for mentioning it. <laughs> yes. But, and um, so, and so say it's me. So it could be like, um, Kate, I, I know you're going through this really hard time right now and I really want to be here to support you. And I don't know what it's like going through what you're going through, but I'm here with you and I want to be in this with you. Yeah. Like, tell me about how you're going. Like, how are you? And I yeah. like, you don't need to hide it from me. Like I'm, Great. I'm, a, yeah. I'm a safe space for you. Yeah. Um, 
something else that I feel like is really powerful is saying, um, I, I want to do something for you this week. What can I do? Or, um, you know, be, being really almost forceful with that because yeah. I think it's really hard when people say, like, just let me know if you need anything, you know, because it's it's almost like a throwaway comment because it is, yeah. Like, you know, it, it's usually genuine, but, you know, I'm not going to ring you at, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning when I've got my period and be like, I need you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's really, um, that can be a really powerful conversation. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. And even just kind of like layering through the things that we would do for someone postpartum. So maybe cooking a meal, maybe, you know, sending them some flowers, sending them a check-in message like, Hey, I know this is the week that, you know, you're, um, you're having your transfer done or whatever it is. And I've been thinking of you a lot. I just want you to know, I think you're amazing. And you know, it's shitty that you have to do this, but you're doing amazing and I love you. And I'm so proud of you. Like yeah. those sorts of messages can just mean so, so much because it does feel lonely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that ultimately it's about being really honest about, I don't know what this is like, but I want to know. And I love you. And you're amazing and yeah. I'm in this with you. Like, can I, do you want me to come to an appointment with you? Do you want me to drive you to an appointment? Um, do you want to, like, get lunch and we don't even have to talk about it? Like, I think yeah. those, yeah. those types of comments and the people in your life who can do that, honestly, it's just, it's so special. It's so special. Yeah, beautiful, yeah, because it's definitely something that, you know, my sister's also going through that. Um, she had her transfer yesterday, actually, and it's been, you know, like I, I don't know what to say. And the fact that she's already got three children has made me kind of step back a little bit because, yeah, I haven't known how to show up and I've just been mm. like, you know, you've got this, you know, like it's been really uncomfortable for me <laughs> actually yeah, because, um, you know, I've got I've got two people in my life um, that are close to me that are going through something that's really, really challenging and, and they're on different sides of the fence completely and it's been um, – yeah, it's been a bit of a challenge for me. And obviously it's also something within my professional life that I deal with all the time, like even prior mm. to being a psychic medium and activating that side of my personality, it was something or my soul, I should say, or my personality, um, <laughs> activ- activating that side of my soul. It was something that I did within the birth space as a photographer and, and a doula. And it was something that I I, I somehow have made this natural gravitation into this into this arena now. But when I was doing it as a birth photographer, like I can tell you right now, like if you have seen a birth, it is so magical seeing that soul take its first breath and come earthside. And, and you actually do have such a deeper understanding of the miracle of life in that moment. You know, when you see that, it just really all comes together that, you know, these cells mm. and it was the perfect timing and it was the perfect everything that came together as the perfect storm to create this beautiful, healthy little baby. And, you know, when I've been in the room for people's births, like I can see whether there is a young soul inside of that body that hasn't been here before, simply in the way that their eyes reflect and the way that they look around or whether it's Mm. an old soul that has traveled many lifetimes, like my beautiful daughter, and, and they look at you with a weird knowing that they've been here before. And even when she was one to two years old, she'd quite often say, you know, no, I'm your mummy. I was your mummy. And, so you know, funny. I feel like Eva's always had that, like, 
I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you, when she looks at you, she looks into your soul. It's like, oh my goodness, yeah. what do you see in me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's definitely like a very deeply spiritual, soulful child. And it's mm-hmm. an honor raising her now. It was a challenge, um, you know, when she was younger, as everyone knows, mm-hmm. I did that by myself, even the two to three year old. I just didn't understand her. I didn't understand her personality and I didn't know how to raise her in that way. And it was a real challenge for me. And someone said to me the other day, you know, like when I was doing a reading for this person, they were like, you know, you, you conceived really easily though. And like you, you're someone that, and I was like, dude, that, that process, yes, it was something that surprised me. Like we didn't plan on her whatsoever. It was a real shock to me. That was still a really soulful journey for me. Like that journey Mm. to motherhood, everyone's journey. And then we discussed. It's meant to matrescence, like that, that, that undefined beginning and end of the transition into motherhood is a rite of passage it is meant to like squeeze the things out of us that we don't need anymore and everybody will like I challenge anyone listening to find someone that hasn't experienced some type of deeper awakening from the point preconception to like into motherhood I promise you every yeah. woman does. And if they tell you they haven't, they're denying themselves because it's <laughs> yeah. it's meant to happen. Like it is yeah. a sacred rite of passage. It is not wrong. It's like on the other side of that, we become more brilliant than we ever were. Like the yeah. story that, you know, women, you need, you know, they need to bounce back or get back to who they used to be after they become a mother is completely dismissing yeah. the magic of motherhood and what we create. Like if it weren't for the mothers, like that's the end of the planet. Yeah. Like it's like <laughs> we are not, it's not after childbirth that we need to try and get back to our maiden selves. Like we are more wise and are able to hold more and all of those things because of what we go through. Yeah. It's, it's, it's special. It's sacred. And I remember I actually had a moment where I had to, um, like I had to have a firm talking to myself because my body is different to what it has ever been before now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm five years into motherhood basically. And I was looking in the mirror and having like a little moment with myself. <laughs> As we like, do. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, Kate, I distinctively remember hearing a friend of mine when I was trying to get pregnant, complaining about her soft tummy after having a child. And I actually said to her, do you know how much, I would love to have a squishy tummy because it's carried a child. Yeah. And she, it was really like, you know, thankfully we had that relationship where we could have that conversation. But I had that moment where I was like, Kate, for five years you prayed for this squishy tummy and those <laughs> stretch marks. And like, like I prayed for that, you know, like I just, I think that we can really, yeah, we can get caught up in what motherhood is like what society tells us motherhood is supposed to look like, but it's meant to unravel us and it's really sacred when it does. Yeah. And for me, it was definitely like, for me, it was an unraveling and, and all of my clients that I speak with about this topic in particular, they, they all say to me, you know, but why, why did this person get pregnant? Why did that person get pregnant? And someone even said the other day, why did junkies get pregnant? They don't even want their children. And they, you know, and I'm like, that's an invitation for them right to Mm. to step up in and be the better person and to grow and some take that and they get clean and they go on the right path and they become incredible mothers and and that that was their wake-up call that was their dark night of the soul moment where they realized that they were going down a dark path or the wrong path or whatever and others sadly they sink back into their 
the ways that they were earlier and, and that, you know, drug is the only important thing for them. And I understand mm. that there is a yin and a yang to everything and, and quite often, you know, mothers do say to me, but blah, blah, gets pregnant and people that don't want to get pregnant get pregnant and people have one night stands and get pregnant. I'm like, that's their journey though, you know. And it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Somebody else's pregnancy doesn't make your pregnancy happen any sooner or any later. You know, yeah. this is the thing. It's like if we look at it with the right lens, that is such validation that it is completely out of our control. That's right. You know, yeah. it's like it's not in our control. The more we try to tell ourselves it is or try to control it or try to look for evidence that it is or it could be, we're focusing on the wrong thing. And, you know, I, I think it can be really liberating to just look at that and go, you know what, that's their path and my path is this. Yeah, And, you know, it's, it's we, we all, like we said, we all experience challenges in life. And for some people, it's related to conception, pregnancy, motherhood. And for some people, it's related to, you know, relationships or parents or, you know, my, my best friend, she's 34, same age as me, and she desperately wants to find a partner and start a family. And for her, she's mm-hmm. had such a hard time with relationships and that's where her growth is. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've always said to her, like, you know, she, she has these moments sometimes where she's like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to think that, you know, what, what if it's hard for me to get pregnant? And I was like, girlfriend, that ain't your challenge. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. mine, that ain't yours. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I met my husband. We've been together for 15 years. I met him, at, if anyone's from the Gold Coast, at Billy's Beach House in Surfers oh, when I was 19. You... Like, oh, my God, that's so funny. And, like, I was just so lucky because he's bloody brilliant. But <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> but love But when it that. comes to making babies, that's my challenge. And I think, yeah, you know, we, everybody, everybody has their challenges yeah. wherever that is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like women have come so far, even over the last few years, like we've seen womb spiral pop up, um, mm. which is by that Severia Bell. And that goes through, you know, the yoni lips, the G spot, the clitoris, the cervix. And it talks about like the the um, cosmic womb and, you know, the creation point. And it, it goes through it in such beautiful, great detail, but that wasn't there before. That's a brand new offering. That's something that mm. is is really new. And women are going through that and having great success with, um, you know, getting pregnant. And I'm, by the way, that's not an affiliation at all. I haven't done that. I haven't done womb spiral myself. I do have friends that are womb spiral practitioners, but it's just an example of how much that is progressing. And the fact that yes. we know more about our periods, you know, than we ever have and going through like the, I was just watching something before actually on Instagram where it was like talking about the, I think it's called the luteal phase. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was talking about that and how you have more energy at particular times and when to work out and when not to work out. And women literally run entire businesses now based off of their period and their when it's a good time thinking. for them. Exactly. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And I actually kind of feel like I actually don't think, this is my personal opinion, I don't think we know more than we ever have. I think that we're getting back to the knowledge that we once had. True. You know, if we yes. if we go way back to like, um, you know, when we had the red tent and like women were revered, like if you were in the presence of a woman when she was menstruating, you were considered to be incredibly lucky because yeah. her connection to the divine was so much stronger. Like yeah. Yeah. We, we just have gotten so far away from that wisdom um, a really great resource um, or like incredible human in this space is Jane Hardwick Collings. So if 
anyone is wanting to kind of explore a little bit more about that kind of, um, you know, that reconnection to the sacredness of what it is to be a woman, she's great to follow. Um, So she's... She is post-menopause, so um, the archetypes of the woman is the maiden, the mother, and the crone. So the crone is post-menopause, that's the wise woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like a wise woman. So those of us who are into our mother energy, and if you're even if you haven't conceived yet but you're on the conception path, you're beginning to get into your mother energy, um, she's wonderful to follow. She's beautiful. Oh, beautiful. I'm actually mm. going to go and have a follow myself just because of what I deal with. I'm like, yes, I need to, I need to be her. on the ball with that. So um, wise. Yeah. 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 And I love all that stuff. And I feel like I myself, like I haven't been cycle mapping or cycle syncing with my business. And that is something now that I have realized, especially in this line of work, obviously dealing with people on an energetic level and, and bringing souls from the other side and pretty much doing what mothers do in birth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bringing these souls through this, this portal to the other side it is something that I do need to focus on so I don't have a whole lot of information on that but I do feel like you can find that information everywhere and this is what my whole point is is that we're so much more advanced now or going back home as you said earlier we're just getting back to that that Mm. really basic standpoint of you know periods and, and motherhood and all that kind of stuff and I do feel like women are we're making changes within that space at such a rapid way and and such such a rapid rate that it is it's it's incredible to watch it's incredible incredible to see that unfolding in real time because you know just like i said earlier like womb spirals new and when I even spoke to older women of my clients that are going through menopause and stuff like that i'm like look like this is something that you guys haven't had in your lifetime. Mm. Like it was very shunned and you didn't talk about periods. It was very quiet. And there was a lot of women raised throughout the, that, those few previous generations where their mothers didn't talk to them about periods and they didn't talk to them about sex. And there was a lot of teenage babies that came through as a, as a result mm. of that. And I think now like anytime that I pick up on a, someone that has a teenage child, I always say to them, you know, just make sure that you're really honoring her through this journey because I know myself when I turned, I think it was 15 or 16, my mum was like, right, you're going on the pill. I don't want any, any babies or anything like that. And I just listened to what she said. And I went on the pill and I ended up getting a blood clot in my lung as a result of that. And then we discovered that that's actually something that does come, you know, from being on the pill for quite a few years. I haven't, thankfully, I've not been on the pill since I took my health into my own hands and did my own research. But that was just, that was really normal for for my high school peers that we were all on the pill. And I remember discussing it at lunch that our mums just chucked us on the pill and that was it. And they didn't want these these babies or it was, oh, you have bad skin, go on Yasmin. And I was, you know, yeah. you, have, you have bad periods, go on Yasmin. And you have, you know, like it was very, um, that's just what you did back then. Whereas now we've come so far, even from that point that it's like, mm. no, I'm actually not. I'm going to teach them how to cycle map and, and, you know, to not be intimate during that time. And I'm going to teach them how to, you know, just be more in touch with their bodies rather than slapping a medical issue over the top of something that is actually really a spiritual process. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's been absolutely incredible chatting with you today and I really appreciate the conversation and going deep with me in this because it is something that, I I have a lot of respect and 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 love for and I hope that that comes through in my readings and I hope that this is a great resource for people that have had those readings with me that you can now listen to this and I can direct you here and you can hopefully have a lot of takeaways from this 
because mm. Kate is honestly a wealth of knowledge. And, and in our reading, I was like, this is your superpower. This is what you need to be doing again. <laughs> yeah, my, my guys were like, urgent, urgent, urgent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, alarm bells, alarm bells. Quick, get back to where you're supposed to be. So, yeah, it's been an absolute honour having you on to touch base with this. And I'm sure that many women are going to come and find you and hopefully get that beautiful wisdom that you share over on the Awakened Pregnancy podcast. And yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's been such a pleasure, Layla. I love chatting with you. You know that. So it's it's like self-indulgent to be able to have this yes. conversation anyway. I know, I loved it. I loved it. And I feel like there was a lot of juicy takeaways. At times I was all, I, I've like written down like little notes and the time that you said something so that I can go back and, and look through myself. So yeah, I really yeah. appreciate your wisdom on this and to all the women out there that are struggling, I just want I just want to say to you, like, I, even though I don't have your journey, like I really do, I try and empathize and, and be a support as much as I can for people that are struggling with that. And, you know, my board, my daughter came through as the most beautiful surprise of my life, but out of, she was birthed out of the most toughest journey of my life, which I've talked about before. I don't need to go into that again, but it's, you know, motherhood is such an incredible journey and a beautiful way through to it's just an invitation to really sink deeper into yourself and a beautiful Mm. way through to like you said earlier to that um you know deeper self-awareness and I forget what you said exactly but um you know it's a beautiful invitation to really know yourself at that really deep core level and I hope that this has brought about so many beautiful like ding, ding, ding moments where women have been like, yes, I can view it differently now or I can have that beautiful takeaway from this conversation and that they can go back into that journey, which is challenging. We do Mm. honour that, which is extremely challenging, but hopefully you can go back in with a, a beautiful, fresh viewpoint. Yes, I love that so much. And if anyone's listening and they're feeling really alone and, you know, they just sort of feel like they want to chat, then feel free to always you know, I'm, I'm always open to having a chat in my DMs if anybody wants to pop me a message. You know, I know it can feel really isolating and alone. Um, but like you said, I've got lots of beautiful resources there on the podcast and I've got a couple of programs as well. So if you're following along, you'll see when they're open for enrollment. Um, yeah, Excellent. But yeah, Excellent. it's been awesome to chat. Excellent. And I will put all Kate's details in the show notes, which you'll be able to find in the description of this episode. Thanks so much, Kate. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Soulful, the podcast. One of the most beautiful things in life is connection. And I'm so glad that I was able to connect with you today. I am available for readings and I do have minimal session times available. So if you are thinking of diving in and having a reading with me, please get in touch. My information is in the show info. I'll see you soon for the next episode, which will be tuning into your abilities and your intuition. Have a beautiful week.